1: Let's go! This is The Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on FSN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome into the Lombardi Line, presented by DraftKings, Stormy Bonatoni and Michael Lombardi with you. Reunited, and it feels so good. So good. Happy yes. New Year, Michael. Am I allowed to say Happy New Year, even though it's the third? Today
4: is the officially, according to the great philosopher Larry David, today is the <laughs> last day we can wish everybody Happy New Year. Okay. After the 3rd of January... The year's on. we're all It's all going forward. So, happy New Year, Stormy. It's great to see you. I love seeing you at the game. You know, love seeing your work. It's awesome. You got to see a great game. So, I, I loved it. I mean, I know the Oregon game wasn't a great game, but the other one.
3: I appreciate you. Yeah, it was fun. I was out there at the Fiesta Bowl. It, it was cool just to see Bo Nix break some records, go out after the crazy college career that he has had, the highs and lows with his time at Auburn, to finish it out that way. Good for him. Yeah, not the game competitive-wise that we were hoping for. Although after the first couple of drives, thought it might be. But yeah, we certainly yeah. finished uh, those college football semifinals on a very, very high note. New Year's Day. Where, did, how did you do? Like in terms of the sides that you were on, did you did, did you like Michigan? Did you I like always, Washington? I did.
4: Ru- I did Russo on Friday, and I liked Alabama uh you know now bill berman's accusing me that i was really rooting for michigan which is completely unfounded i had an alabama sweatshirt on i was rooting for them even though i love jim i do i have friendship with jim i love him but i just thought Alabama would create a little bit of a problem, and I was disappointed with the Alabama offense. You know, they throw for, what, under 150 yards. They really did nothing to help the quarterback move them in the pocket. Kind of, you know, they rushed them, created some problems with their protection. So Michigan credit them, but, look, they're up by seven at the end of the game and come right back down and score. So And then I loved Washington. I was on Washington for Russo. I took that in the points. I thought I think Washington's been undervalued for the last month because, you know, when you beat Oregon, you saw that Oregon team. And I, and I hope you told Bo Nix that Femi is his biggest supporter. I hope you told him <laughs> that because Femi had that MVP ticket all year holding on to it like like my granddaughter holds on to her little toy. You know, he was like, we're going to win this thing down to the stretch. I kept calling it a St. Jude's play. But credit him, and I hope you said that. But I thought Washington was undervalued, Stormy. I think Penix, whoa. Did he prove that he's a legitimate thrower of the football?
3: No question. Uh, 430 yards, a couple scores, 76% completion percentage. He was awesome, man. Talking about the NFL and making those steps forward, some incredible NFL-level throws. We'll talk a little bit more about the national championship in a bit. Our guy, Harry Gagnon, joining us a little bit early today on a Wednesday. Uh, Joining us in about 15 minutes or so, we'll get some talk of NFL Week 18, but also his play for the national championship. I kinda of think I've got Washington. to do an
4: interruption here real quickly. I just got an alert on my phone. Jeff Driscoll will be the starting quarterback when the Bengals play the Cleveland Browns for the Cleveland Browns. That line is already gone to seven on, on a couple shops. If you want the Bengals at six, you better grab it quickly. It's gonna go quickly. It could easily get to nine or ten very soon with the Driscoll News. So take that game, either get
3: it now or don't get it. And let's stick to that theme, Michael, because a little bit ago as well, Andy Reid was at the podium talking about Patrick Mahomes and that he is officially going to sit down. I know that was largely the expectation. We already saw the Chiefs getting three, three and a half against the Los Angeles Chargers this week, but uh, that is officially official. So we'll see if we have any movement from that standpoint as well. Were you surprised though? I I know that, I'm curious your thoughts on the Chiefs in this spot, because three still feels like a lot for a Chargers team that is lackluster at best. Allen's hurt. Eckler's a fumble machine. Easton stick hasn't been good. Like I just it's not something I would feel comfortable with. That's a hard stay away game Uh, in my mind.
4: Yeah, I mean, I agree. But you know what cracks me up is I listen to this. These people talk about, well, you know, that the Chiefs aren't playing their guys. Stormy. There's 53 on a roster. You're only can dress 46. One of the quarterbacks isn't is counts as 47. Like how many can you rest? Yep. Somebody's going to play in the game, right? Like, well, they're going to rest Re- Rasheed Rice. Why? Why would they rest him? Like who's playing wide receiver?
3: Well, and quite frankly, don't so those guys, guys don't those guys need the reps and maybe some like a little bit more experience catching agree, the football? I
4: But we we talk about whether they're going to rest their guys. You can't rest every. It's not we, we're taking this preseason mentality and taking it into the week eighteen betting market. No, you can't rest everybody. Uh, look, do I think Trent Williams will, won't play? Yeah, I think he'll rest him. Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. But you only get six or seven to rest. And and there's some guys that can't play because they're hurt. So this whole notion where we're going to rest, guys, I, I don't see it. Like, where are they going to rest, guys? The, the, are, are the Chiefs offensive line going to rest? They haven't played any good anyway.
3: So what do you think about this line then? And then we do see it starting to take that shift up a little bit with that Patrick Mahomes news being official that it's sitting at the three and a half.
4: Well, every time I think about taking the, the, the Chiefs, I think of, of Blaine Gabbard coming in and throwing two picks all the time. You know, like I, I, I'm, worried about, I'm worried about the backup quarterbacks, right? Like, I don't think the Chargers are very good. I mean, last week, they, you know, last week, they, they, Denver just managed the game correctly and didn't really cost themselves the game. And so they got out of there with a the win. But I, I just worry about, you know, I mean, is Blaine Gabbard going to make enough throws? Is he going to be experienced enough? Look, Edwards Hilaire's hurt. He's not going to play. Donovan Smith's hurt. So there's two guys that aren't going to play. They aren't going to dress. Kadarius Toney, that's three. Okay? So now Mahomes is four. You only get three more guys you're not going to dress.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with you. So Look. they're
4: going to have to play. Son- I mean, Chris Jones probably will be one of those guys, right? They won't play Chris Jones. But Willie Gay's going to have to play. Nick Bolton's going to have to play. Maybe they rest Sneed because he's coming off an injury. But someone's playing. Whereas if Cleveland, the reason that line's going crazy is because Cleveland's not going to play Flacco. They're playing Jeff Driscoll, who's been there barely for a week or so. You know, their offensive line's beat up anyway. They're playing backups there. I mean, they're going to rest Miles Garrett, too, and they're probably just waiting to get the game over.
3: UB5. <laughs> for the Browns. Love to see it. Uh, yeah. but now, while the, the Chiefs have the three seed in the AFC all locked up, the Jaguars are looking to lock up the four seed in the AFC with a win over the Titans on Sunday. A loss would leave them needing some help to squeak into that seventh and final playoff spot. We got some news on Trevor Lawrence earlier today. Things could be looking up. He, of course, missed his first career start last week against Carolina with a shoulder sprain. Doug Peterson still calling him day-to-day, but he was back at practice today in a limited capacity. The Jags will also potentially Potentially get Christian Kirk back. They opened his 21-day window, and I've seen some reports saying that he could be available. What do you think?
4: You know, I think Christian Kirk's going to help them. Uh, and I think that this is a tough game because if Rabel was at the podium yesterday talking about how important winning is in the last game, we still don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Titans, whether it's Will Levis, which if he's healthy, he'll be the guy. If it's not, it'll be Tannehill. Does it matter? You know, this is one of those where you always are concerned. I mean, do remember last year or two years ago when – when Jacksonville was a 17-and-a-half-point dog against Carson Wentz and they went up into Indianapolis and won by 17. Or, you know, last year when we saw some of the strength, Detroit goes in and wins. So uh, this one makes me nervous, right? It does. Because I think Vrabel, even though it's not the same team, nobody's thinking Jacksonville's playing very good anyway. Like whether Lawrence is back or not, he wasn't playing good to begin with. So I'm a little skeptical,
3: Currently laying five and a half in that spot on the road, the Jags are a three-dollar favorite to make the playoffs, plus two twenty to miss. But that is still in play as we pull up some of the playoff clinching scenarios for Jacksonville here. All they got to do is win in in at Tennessee, but a tie with the Titans and a Steelers loss or tie will also get them in. Same thing with a tie with the Titans, a Steelers loss. It get it gets so. Like convoluted with all of the different scenarios, but we have seen a number of years where some of these things end up coming into play in Week 18, so it's good to have that information available to us. Some other news that came out, not going to impact any immediate betting lines as for this weekend, but the Jets and Dalvin Cook, Michael, mutually parting ways, the team officially waiving Cook this morning after he restructured his contract, so he's not going to take that last week of guaranteed money um, so that he can get out of there. So the goal for him, clearly, to be able to join one of these teams that is in position in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I mean, could he go to Cleveland? They need a back. I mean, I know they have Ford and I know they have Hunt, but certainly they could use another back in their rotation. Could he go to the Rams, who when Williams got hurt, we saw the Rams take kind of a setback a little bit there. You know, Tampa Bay could use another back. They don't really they can't run the football effectively. So yeah, I mean, I think the, the, he could he's probably gonna get a job. The key on that jet game though, Stormy, if I don't know if you've checked your weather. But the weather apparently in New England is going to be snow and 15 mile an hour wind. Come kickoff, 27 degree temperatures, heavy snow at one o'clock, and snow through the day. That's why this totals at 30 and a half. It's at 30 and a half because both teams aren't any can't move the ball. But this line was two and a half, so somebody's betting the Jets to get it down to one and a half here. And I think a lot of it is is this is this weather and that first half total at 16 and a half. You, you better hit that now if you want it because that could be going even lower. I mean, can you imagine either yeah. one of these teams? I mean, the Jets can't lead the league in fumbles. Add snow to the mix.
3: Yeah, already two teams. Add did...
4: snow and rain, to, uh, you know, sloshy bad weather. Add that to the mix. How do you think that's going to go?
3: Yeah, that's a great point already. Two teams that struggle so much to move the football, and you're adding that type of weather into it. By the way, Zach Wilson, still unable to clear cushion protocol. It looks like he'll <laughs> be ruled out for this one yeah. yet again. But but real quickly, last minute, to go back to Dalvin Cook, he's going to have fresh legs wherever he goes. 67 yeah. carries this year for 214 yards, no touchdowns. That, that is all he's well. done. Yeah, right?
4: Yeah, that worked Crazy. out well. Just like Alan Lassard worked out well. I mean, has anything the Jets done worked out well? But let's bring them all back, Stormy. Why not? Let's bring them all back. Everybody's coming back. New contracts.
3: Worked out great. Remember remember that time when Dalvin Cook was supposed to be the final piece to the puzzle for the Super Bowl contending team? Those were the days.
4: Those were the days. Ugh, yes, they were. Goodness, great. The By the final way, piece.
3: did not have a single snap in the game against the Browns. Had five snaps in the Week 16 game against Washington. Uh, he rushed for 13 times in the season opener. Did not hit double-digit carries the rest of the season. Crazy to think about. So, uh, well, I'll, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I think the Browns could be an interesting fit, though, because he has a passed with Kevin Stefanski. They're light at running back in good position. They're making yeah. they're making I mean, guys that haven't had success have success right now. Why not? Yeah, they
4: are. I mean, Flacco's <laughs> come back from 2018.
3: Yep. Uh, speaking of why not, it is a why not Wednesday. We'll hit that later on in the show. But first, Harry Gagnon is going to join us coming up next to get some of his plays in week 18. And then Natty, what's he got? We'll be right back.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you're looking for a betting edge for the national championship, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of $9.99. And it's not just the Natty. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of all of the top plays made from our VSN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game and our college bowl betting guide that got you picks for each and every bowl game coming into this final game of the year. Crazy how fast this season has gone by. Don't miss out the limited time offer. Beeson.com slash subscribe. Sign up today for just $9.99. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's B-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. Joining us now on the Lombardi line, Harry Gagan, host of the Against All Odds podcast. And Michael, I'm very emotional because usually when Harry joins us, we get our Thursday night football cartoon. And there's no more yeah, Thursday night football. Harry, how are you?
5: No more. No more cartoons. Sorry, right, guys. We'll We'll come up with something in the near future. We'll come up with something, guys.
3: Devastating. We got to have playoff
4: Harry. We got to get playoff Harry cartoons here, don't you think? You're right. Maybe get Solomon working on that. Michael. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna with my people.
3: Yeah, New Year, New You. Yeah. That's what we need. Playoff cartoons. I'm all about it. But you still are coming locked and loaded with the teasers, which we love so much. And one of the games that you have involved in a seven-point teaser, a Saturday doubleheader you're getting involved in, is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, we got the news this week that Mike Tomlin, despite Kenny Pickett being medically cleared, is going to stick with the hot hand, Mason Rudolph, and get. Getting them with plus points as part of a teaser is something that intrigued you.
5: Yeah, it makes sense. I got a Saturday seven-point teaser. First, I'm going to take Steelers from a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Baltimore to a plus-three-and-a-half-point underdog in the teaser. We know Baltimore's is the number one seed. Uh, don't need to play any of their starters. Uh, Lamar is basically a lock for the MVP. All set there, and you just mentioned Stormy. Rudolph has been playing very well for Pittsburgh. Um, but they need this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. Harris had a big game, probably his best game of the season last week in Seattle. That's promising for Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the Steelers, plus three and a half at Baltimore on Saturday for the early game Then the late game. I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts up to eight and a half against the Texans. Indianapolis is the redheaded stepchild of the league here in Indianapolis. Nobody talks about the Colts. Nobody gave them a chance to start the season. And now they're still alive for the playoffs. They're six and two in their last eight games overall. Uh, Minchu is three and one in his last four versus the AFC South Uh, Texans pass rush. has been very, very soft all season. 25th versus the pass. Houston quarterbacks, by the way, on offense last four weeks, whether it's been Keenum, Mills, drought, whoever it's been, just 91, 229, 149, 213 yards passing issues on the offense for Houston still play very good defense overall. Uh, But still, I think the Colts getting more than eight points here is solid on the teaser. So I'm going to take the Colts plus eight and a half. I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus three and a half.
4: Did you watch that Colt defense play against the Raiders, Harry? I did. I did. It's a little troublesome. I mean, I thought, you know, that was a game that that when you watched it, it was the classic. The Colts were in the lead, but never in control because the Colts defense was abysmal. They mm-hmm. made, they made Aiden O'Connell look like Peyton Manning.
5: <laughs> they did look and, and look that, you know, since, uh, you know, I don't know what the latest, what, what's going to happen with uh, Antonio Pierce. Uh, if he's going to keep that job in uh, Las Vegas or not. But you know, since he's been uh, at the helm, the team has been playing tough. They've been in their games. So I expected the Raiders to play hang and be tough last week. Now the Colts probably should have covered, gave up that last late score didn't get the cover, still got the win. That's very important. And I still think, though, Michael, plus eight and a half against a Texas Texas team, uh, Texans team that's been very good this year. No one expected this from them either to be in contention in the playoffs and possibly even a chance at the division uh, this late in the season. It's crazy. And they've had a great season. But still overall here, I think eight and a half points on a teaser is solid for the Colts, especially at uh Minchu mania. Let it keep running. I love it.
3: Host of the Against All Odds podcast, former Vegas Sportsbook Supervisor Harry Gagnon joining us here live on the Lombardi line. Let's go to the Sunday night contest. Biggest game of week 18. No question. A winner take all in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills, who we were talking about it in the commercial break, can either cement themselves as a high seed or not make the playoffs at all, which is remarkable. They're laying three in this spot. Do you think that they win, but also cover against the Dolphins?
5: I think they do, and it's a crazy scenario, uh, guys. Where that you know it could work out where the Bills really do have to win this game to make the playoffs because if Jacksonville wins and I believe if Pittsburgh wins, like we just mentioned about the Steelers and Baltimore not playing anybody, probably the Bills are going to have to win this game on Sunday night. But I think they do get it done. They played their best game of the season earlier this year. They beat when they beat uh, Miami forty-eight to twenty. Um, they are ten and one, guys. Ten and one straight up. In the last 11 against Miami, they own them. Buffalo, four wins in a row, five and one in the last six. And their loss was against Philly, which they probably should have won that game. Miami uh, can't beat anyone good, and they probably should have been lost Dallas a couple weeks ago. Very soft performance last week, giving a 56 to Baltimore. I know Waddle and Mostert didn't play, but still very soft by Miami. Uh, I think the Bills overall, better team here, win the division for the fourth straight year. Don't want to give this to the Dolphins. Dolphins haven't won the division since 2008. I think the Bills get it done and win the division and cover.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, the Bills had every reason to lose the last two games. It's kind of been remarkable. I mean, that game mm-hmm. up in New England now, you know, they didn't throw the ball well. They haven't really thrown the. I mean, everybody's talking about Joe Brady taking over the offense. I haven't seen the offense look good in two weeks. And I mm-hmm. think you're right. Miami, to me, before anybody makes this bet, you got to really be careful on in the injury report. Xavier Howard's not going to play. Eli Apple got toasted last week. He got, they went right after him. You know. But Ramsey will cover Diggs. Diggs had no production against New England last week. So unless they can run the ball on Miami, which I think they won't be able to, I think it's going to be a slugfest. All right, so let's talk about Green Bay, Chicago. We got snow you know, here's in New the total England. We got, I know you got the total, but I just wanted to check the weather in terms of the total here because there is good weather in Green Bay. Cold, but no snow. Cold.
5: That's fine. That's fine. I love the over-44 here, uh, of Michael and Stormy. Uh, look, Chicago, both both teams actually playing very well right now to close the season. Chicago's 4-1 in the last five. They've actually scored 26 points or more in four of the last six games. And the Bears have had a 100-yard rusher and a 100-yard receiver in the last two games. When's the last time the Bears could actually say that they've done that? In the first meeting this year, 58 points. Three of the last four meetings have been forty-seven or more. We just need forty-five for the win here. Green Bay has gone back-to-back games with thirty-three points. Uh, Jordan Love's been look, look for all the criticism and the heat that Jordan Love took early on of the season, he has—he's tied with Dak Prescott for the most touchdowns passing and receiving, uh, passing and rushing combined in the NFC with thirty-four. He's got thirty passing touchdowns. He actually leads Green Bay in rushing touchdowns too. I think this game is a shootout. I I think Chicago would be stupid to not keep uh, fields. I think that's a discussion for later on, but he's been playing well, too. Like I said, as has the Bears offense. I think this game flies over 44.
3: Michael, you got to follow up on that.
4: I mean, I, I don't agree. I think he's been he's been protecting the football, but I think when you when you really watch the games, they've done a nice job against some bad teams. They've run the ball. I think their defense has been the strength, right? I think mm-hmm. Jordan Love was sensational last week. I thought he played as well as anybody. I think it's going to be a hard game. I, I you know, it's funny about this industry that we're in. Do you realize in the opening game that the the you know when when Fields was healthy and he was on his MVP trajectory. The Green Bay defense, which we all think is no good, you know, was able to hold them to under 200 yards passing, and they won the game 38-20 to 20 going away. So, mm-hmm. for me, I think one thing I learned about Green Bay this weekend, Harry, is whenever mm-hmm. these guys, whenever LaFleur and Joe Barry play a team the second time, just look at it. They yeah, play okay. them way better. Okay. They play them way better. I mean, Minnesota, they got beat 24-10. to 10. They dominated Minnesota. Now, I know Kirk Cousins was in the game, but the numbers for Kirk Cousins in the first game were not good. The not good, second right? game, they dominated him. Detroit got dominated in the first game, barely could make Detroit punt. They dominated Detroit. So I think, he, to me, these second games, and you can't ignore that they opened up the season on the road with this kid as a rookie, and we know he's playing lights out better now, that they scored 38 on a Bears team. Sure.
3: Harry, and real quickly, we've got about 60 seconds left with you. I know you like Michigan in the national championship. We are oppo on this one. I am all in <laughs> on Washington. Ooh. Why do you like the Wolverines to close out the season national champions?
5: Well, before the season started on Against All Odds, Michigan was my team that I gave out at 8-1 to one to win the Love national it. championship. I can't back off of that right now, guys. Uh, and look, it, it, this, this past week in uh, in the in the in the playoff games, Michigan did not play a great game. There's no denying it. They played a sloppy game on special teams, almost cost them the game. Uh, I expect a much better all-around performance from the Wolverines. but McCarthy and Corum are plus. Corham, remember, didn't play in the past two years in the playoff game because he's been injured. He's making the most of it now. He had a big game uh, against Alabama. Um, I think the, the luck runs out a little bit for Washington. The Huskies have been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But the last five wins have been by one score games. Uh, I think Michigan's defense, which is going to be the determining factor in this game, shuts down the Washington receivers and makes things very difficult for Panic. I'm going to take Michigan to win the national championship. Third time to charm for Harbaugh, making the playoffs
2: 30-20 Wolverines.
3: Some call it luck. Others call it clutch, Harry. Just saying. Uh, Great stuff, as always. Really appreciate your time. We got to take a quick break, but more coming up on the Lombardi Line next. Before you- Make your next bet. Be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every NFL or bowl game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. And we're always improving our betting splits page. Recently added soccer splits from around the world. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com slash What?
0: Is
1: it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise? Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. This is noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise?
3: all right let's do it we have some fun headlines coming through over the last 24 to 48 hours michael so let's hit them news or noise panthers owner david tepper fined three hundred thousand dollars for tossing a drink on a jags fan this past week of the 26 to nothing loss news or noise just 300k for the big guy
4: i think it's news but i i think it, this is deeper than the money right i mean you know 300k for David Tepper when you when a billion, you know, I mean, he's mo- he can move an inch over here and he's going to make it. So it, it isn't about the money. I think he got reprimanded by the league. and I think he's going to continue to get reprimanded by the league. And I think the league's concerned about his behavior and they're going to be involved in everything he does moving forward this has got more antennas going down to it more tentacles than you could possibly imagine that the fine was for the media the fine was to let everybody know the league is kind of seeing this as bad but there's going to be way more to that than meets the eye and i think it's going to affect his coaching search search completely
3: uh, as Darren Rovell astutely pointed out for inquiring minds of what mm-hmm. the comparison might be to an average American, three hundred thousand dollars to a guy who's worth twenty point six billion, a dollar and seventy-seven cents, Michael. That's apparently the equivalent. <laughs> That's what
4: I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> you know. I coffee. mean, like it's. Yeah, it's less than your morning coffee at Starbucks. So uh, that's not the point. He's embarrassed. But I I think here's the bigger issue, Stormy, and this is why this is news, is because he's got to buy credibility, and that's expensive. He's got to buy credibility because right now his credibility as an owner, as a representative of the the, the Carolina Panthers, is at an all-time low. And if he doesn't buy credibility, whether it's Jim Harbaugh, whether it's Bill Bell, whomever it may be. I don't know. But it's it can't be an assistant coach because when people see him hire an assistant coach, they're immediately going to say, I got it. He's back running the team. And that buys him no credibility.
3: Yeah, and it's, un- it's unfortunate for a place like Carolina that's had success still recently that it's becoming a less and less desirable place for a new head coach to come out. Let's stick with the theme of the NFL and certain things that they are doing right now as a whole. News or noise? The league sent out a memo and video to teams on how to clearly report their players as eligible. They show an example of Dan Skipper, number 70 for the Lions this past week, recording properly in the first quarter of that Lions-Cowboys game. They say the player needs to report properly to allow the defense to match and be fair. Then they go on to say, it is the responsibility of the player to ensure the status is clearly communicated to the referee with both a signal with his hands and reporting to the official he's intending to report as eligible. So still doubling down on this not being the official's fault. News or noise?
4: Uh, I think this is news. I think the league is saying, Detroit, you messed up. And the fact that we're getting Brad Allen on thir- on, on Saturday yeah. night Steelers in Pittsburgh, Raisins. Baltimore. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that tells you everything you need to know. Like the league has absolved him of any wrongdoing. And by sending this memo out, it's pretty clear that they feel like the, that the Lions were at fault. When we all watch the video, look, this video has been watched more than the Zabruder tape. So the reality of it is, is, you know, the league's saying, no, Alan's right. And here comes Alan for you on Sunday afternoon, on Saturday afternoon.
3: Let's keep it rolling. We expect the Chicago Bears to certainly, at the very least, entertain the idea of trading Justin Fields this offseason. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and Courtney Cronin spoke with executives and talent evaluators across the league about the potential of him being traded, and the consensus was they could probably get a second or third round pick for Fields if they did trade him. But where the news or noise part of this comes in, Michael, is the potential return for trading out of that number one spot. Fowler and Cronin say execs spoke that they spoke to believe the price for a number one pick could be two future first-rounders on top of this year's pick, along with the variation of day two picks and or a premium veteran player on a manageable contract. News or noise?
4: News, but again, I'm going to fire it back to you. We know the pick's valuable. How is that news, right? We know the pick's valuable. What's more valuable is having a quarterback you can win with. What's more valuable is having a quarterback that doesn't take 45 to 50 million of your cap or 40 million of your cap. That's the fundamental question here. It isn't should we have fields on the roster. The question is, should we have fields on the roster and be willing to pay them? Now, let me throw something back to you, Stormy. They can achieve whatever they want to achieve by making the pick. They could make the pick, keep fields, let him play one more year, see what they get for him, and they could trade. Williams, for whatever they want, his value is never going down, right? And decide on what they want to do with fields. But to me, nobody is counting, no one is counting the rookie contract. Like, when you break down that rookie contract, no one's counting it.
3: I think it's just the idea of continuing to stockpile those top-tier talented guys because you're not sure, maybe they, I I don't know their opinion, but maybe they're not sure whether or not Caleb Williams is really going to turn into that generational talent. And you've got fans at the Bears-Atlanta game this past week chanting, we want field. So do the fans, like, want him to stick around?
4: I mean, well, you know, you watch football. When a game's got to become a passing game, is he going to make the throws to make it?
3: Not for my I mean, money. Like,
4: seriously. No, of course he's not. You're not betting him. You know, if he's got... Look, does people forget what happened in in, in in Cleveland? Does anybody remember the Cleveland game? I mean, I know it was years ago. Oh, it was three games ago. You know, where they struggled to move the ball. He turned the ball over. They lose 20-17. Couldn't get a first down. Scored 17 points on the Browns. I mean, seriously, are, does people forget this game? He threw for 148 yards in that game. Like, we have such short memories. He threw for 148 yards against the Browns. He threw for 170 against the Cardinals. People think they're going to elect him to be the Hall of Fame, get him a gold jacket. He threw for 194 against the Lions. I mean, last week he threw against a, a Atlanta team in the snow. Once they missed those two field goals, the game was over. Please. I mean, it's it ridiculous. We are such a one-game-to-next-game yeah. uh, reaction. Like, the guy, when he played against a good coordinator, Jim Schwartz, if you're Ryan Poles and you watch the tape, he blitzed him inside. He forced him to have to make quick decisions. He forced him to have to react. He couldn't do anything in the game. They turned it over three times. That's the game. Like, if you want to romance and have the Atlanta game be the game in your imagery, yeah. please –
3: well, that's the thing. I like what you said about it being a week-to-week league because I think recency bias has taken over. It's recency bias and it's confirmation bias for a lot of people that at the beginning of the year thought Justin Fields was going to have this remarkable season. You, he hasn't had that, right. but they've won four of their last five games and he's playing at a better level, so people are taking that as, oh, no, this is really what Justin Fields is. Uh,
4: a better level. He's averages 6.8 yards per attempt. That's not going to get you anywhere. Daniel Jones averages 6.9. Now, what he's got is unique athletic skills with his feet. I don't dispute that at all. He, he's got unique skills running the football, and he can take off. He's got 39 first downs as a runner. But at the end of the day, we got to win this game. We're down by seven. got to win this game. we got to come back. we got to lead him on a two-minute drive. You giving him the
3: ball? All right, Michael, news or noise? Rams head coach Sean McVay says he's going to continue coaching the team in 2024.
4: I think it's noise because when he came back this year, there was no way they let him come back on a one-year basis. I mean, he, you know, to me, I said last off-season, Sean, to me, if I were Stan Kroenke, Sean, you're either in this for the rebuild or you're not. And I think he said he was in the rebuild, and I think the rebuild's happening quicker. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. If Stafford's not there for the rebuild, we haven't seen. I mean, I don't know where he is. They're going to have to do a search for him. The last time I saw him, was Stetson Bennett was getting some award in Georgia. Nobody's seen this guy. They just signed another quarterback to the team. Like Betts, I don't know where Bennett is. They drafted him in the fourth round. Here's the problem. They still have to get a quarterback.
3: Yeah, nobody's been talking about that. Stetson Bennett, MIA. Um, one last one, 60 seconds. Jonathan Gannon says, no doubt Kyler Murray will be the Cardinals' QB1 next year.
4: No, not, no news. I mean, they, they've made that decision. They're going to go with it. They're going to – because here's why they're going with it. They don't have an alternative. They don't want – I don't think they want to go. it. I think the owner knows he paid them. I think they want this to work out. But if you're watching their games, if you're watching them, they're not winning because of his throwing. They're winning because of Connor's ability. They ran for over 200 yards against Philly.
3: Yeah. uh, Philadelphia's problems are a whole nother. We could spend an entire show on on what's going on there. Um, But no, I don't
4: talk about it because everything's going to be all right here. You don't have to worry. It's all good.
3: Well, I was going to say we're not on Philadelphia local radio today, so you can give your honest opinion. It's all right. We don't need. Well,
4: I, I mean, look, I had a we had a wonderful New Year's Eve night with my grandkids. We all went up to the boardwalk New Year's Eve night. Stormy. Well, you loved it rides, music, all that stuff. Wasn't that cold? Everybody was in a foul mood. It was Sunday night. Everybody was grumpy. The whole
3: place was grumpy. New year, not new Philly. We'll be right back.
0: (laughs) There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events...
3: This week, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $150 in bonus bets instantly, and get NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. That's a really, really good deal. Highly recommend. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we welcome you back to this Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line. Just got some news coming through from Commander's Head Coach Ron Rivera, who says Sam Howell is going to be the starting quarterback once again this week against the Dallas Cowboys for those who maybe haven't been keeping up as much as the quarterback situation in Washington. Played poorly week 15 and 16. Ended up getting benched for Jacoby Brissett in each of those games. Last week, the expectation was Brissett was going to start. Ended up hurting his hamstring late in the week. Was a game-time decision. Howell ended up having to start that game. And now he's cemented as a starter this week against the Cowboys. He's been in a tough spot the last couple of weeks, Michael. They're a 13-and-a-half-point underdog against Dallas, and it doesn't look to be getting much better.
4: No, because, I mean, look, Howell's gotten hit too much. There, There is a point for every quarterback, including the the Hall of Famers. Kurt Warner went through this. When Kurt Warner was done, was at the Rams, and before he went to the, people forget he went to the New York Football Giants, right? His eye level was down. And when he went to the Giants, he couldn't compete for a starting job. I mean, he couldn't. It was a backup. But when there, when your eye level's down, because you've been hit so much, you're, you're, you're flinching over the contact. You're flinching over somebody's going to hit you. Then, you know, you, you can't operate as a quarterback. Now, what happened to Warner was he goes to Arizona. He's a backup. Eventually, he, his eye level, because he's no longer getting hit all the time, comes back up to where it was at the Rams when he was great. So this is what's going on with Hal. Like, if you're, if you're Dan Quinn and you're sitting in your office today and you know it's Hal, you're blitzing from the first play of the game. You're just going to dial him up. You got to hit the guy, and you know, Bienemy is going to continue to call pass plays. It's not like he's going to do anything to protect the quarterback. Hadn't done anything all year to protect the quarterback. The reason they're in this is because of the of the inability to kind of manage the game correctly. I mean, Washington Washington had a top five defense last year, right? And they literally ruined any defense that they had by the way they play offense. And what's fascinating is when you look at their numbers last year to this year, they were better last year offensively.
3: That's wild to think about, uh, especially like all of the hype and talk about bringing enemy in, but you're, you're dead on. It's like they're playing for passing stats. Not taking right. into account like sack stats aren't good to have either, just FYI. The fact that you can't run the ball is problematic for an offense. FYI. And this is a game against Dallas, too, that a win for them would clinch an NFC East title. Like this is they're they're not gonna come quietly into the good night here.
4: No, no, Dallas is look, McCarthy's heard all the naysayers. He's heard that, you know, this is gonna be a hard game. I think the line is at thirteen and a half right mm-hmm. now. I, I assume it may go up a tick because I do think there were people willing to play Washington like last week against San Francisco if if Brissett was gonna play. But once Howe was announced he was playing, I think you saw the line move. San Francisco money came in and they obviously covered. You know, this Dallas game when they played them in the first time, it was a close game at the half. But then what happened? all of a sudden the turnovers, he started getting hit you know and, and our Thanksgiving went to hell 45 to 10. So you know I, I think this is going to be a real issue for them, and they've got to do a better they, they can't protect their offensive line is abysmal and their secondary is abysmal. Those are two areas where Dallas can take advantage of.
3: is there any world in which the Commanders can win this game, and the Eagles beat the Giants this week to win the division. Like, is there any world in which those things happen for you?
4: I don't see the Eagles even trying to win this week. I really don't. If you read the tea leaves out of Seriani's press conferences, and, you know, if you listen to what he's saying is, he may start hurts, he may, but it sounds like they're going to, like, I think they're going to rest Lane Johnson. I think they're going to arrest anybody that they feel like is not – they need next week when they go to Tampa or they go to New Orleans or they go to Atlanta, right? You know, they're – I think to me, knowing how the Eagles operate and behave, I think they're, they're probably content with being the fifth seed and just making sure they're healthy for the last game, for the playoff game. That's the sense I get. Now, the line doesn't indicate that, right? But the line also doesn't indicate that, you know, that Philly's going to try. I mean, they're only a five-point favorite, favorite on the road.
3: Yep, 5.5 I'm seeing right now, at least at DraftKings, total 42, and it, it, it's, it's been wild to watch after that 10-1 and one start, and we know because we talked about it on this program, despite them throughout that stretch finding ways to win, they were a very flawed team and that's showed up a lot yep. as of late. They've dropped four of their last five games, a stretch that include a loss to a backup quarterback in Drew Locke when they played Seattle, a narrow win over the Giants, and of course that outright loss this past week against the Cardinals that has Philly fans reeling Um, that, to the point oh, where, yeah. where Nick's...
4: Tell you, I gotta tell you, if you go back and watch it, it's, it'll be on the game replays. But when the Cardinals uh, held the Eagles to that field goal to make it 31 to 28, Fox panned the crowd, and the faces of the people in the stadium knew they were gonna lose the game. Like they all knew there's no way this defense is gonna stop them. They all knew it. You could see the painful expression in their face. They were hoping, but this defense is so bad. I mean, they have given up oh, since their bye week, since week 10 was their bye, they have given up 150 yards on the ground per game. On the ground per game, and in the 5 games before that, teams couldn't run the ball at all. They're out of shape. Brian Baldwin here did a video on you, on 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 uh Instagram about Jordan uh Davis about how he's, you know, he can't go two or three all of them. Their whole defensive tackle list is like they are getting blocked by like, the Cardinals kick their butt up front.
3: Michael, it's gotten so bad that Nick Sirianni, despite this being a team that played for a Super Bowl last year, has to answer questions in press conferences about has he lost the team? Is like that? That's that's <laughs> it's the Philly. point that we're at.
4: <laughs> it's Philly that people want him fired. They're already they're yep. already on him.
3: We're already you know, hearing they're it. They're
4: already crazy. on him. It's no. Yeah, I mean, look, they we've said this pretty much for most of the year. They were a 50-minute team with the Super Bowl loser mentality. But the last 10 minutes of games, they found ways to be a champion. But since really, since the Buffalo game where they won that in overtime, they have, they've lost that. I mean, they easily could have, if, if, if Brian Dayball would have start Tyrod Taylor in the first giant game, they win that game.
3: So you talk about potential of hurts Lane Johnson. I'd say let's throw Devonte Smith in there as well. um, dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury in terms of sitting guys. Let's go to those AFC and NFC top seeds right now and their approach to this week when it comes to sitting players. Because we, we referenced it a little bit earlier on in the program, but I think it's worth revisiting. The Ravens clinched the AFC North title and the one seed with their big win over the Dolphins this past week. Game with the Steelers, no ramifications for them. The Steelers are trying to get into the playoffs, but... With Harbaugh, like, how much do you think he's taking into account what happened to this team in 2019, where he rested everybody, they have 19 days off, and then they looked extremely rusty and end up losing in the divisional round to the Titans?
4: Yeah, I I think he's taken it under great counsel. And and I think that you have to be worried about that. If you're playing the Steelers thinking you're going to have a walk in the park, you're not. You know, you can't, again, let's go back to the pretense you can't rest everybody. You know, and plus you got what's the mentality of John Harbaugh in preseason? Win, mm-hmm. win. What's the mentality of of Sean McVay in preseason? Could care less, could care less. So when you take his mentality and you f- lay it over, even if he puts Huntley in the game, he's still going to have enough players on the field. Ronnie Stanley might be the right tackle, but I'm sure the rest of the Lions going to be intact. They might rotate a few guys in and out, but they're going to try to win the game. I mean, this is a competitive arena. They're playing at home, and I think they want to continue playing at a high. They want to carry that momentum into the playoffs. Because remember, if you don't play Lamar, the last time he's played would, would have been New Year's Eve. The next time he plays is the 21st. That's three weeks of really not feeling the game.
3: Yeah, and to push that forward to San Francisco side of this as well, Kyle Shanahan, when asked about it, he even said, in terms of sitting people, not as many players as you think because of both the rest-rust debate but also what that means for practices and how that changes things for guys, um, the potential for injury if they're not you know, used to playing at a game level, things like that. I thought that was an interesting point from Shanahan this week too, that it's, it's, it's a more delicate balance than most people think.
4: Yeah, People don't understand it. Everybody takes the mentality, oh, my gosh, this is a preseason. I listen to it. No, you can only rest so many guys. You, you can't, and you can't deactivate players. Like, they're going to be, everybody's going to be out there. And you're the coach, right? Well, you got to protect yourself against injury. I get that. I get that, you know? And, I mean, we were all over Brendan Staley for playing uh, Mike Williams last year, but there was a time to get him out of the game right. too, Right.
3: Yeah, and I think that that'll be the thing, is play your guys, and it doesn't have to be for the entire game, but make sure that they're getting those reps into what you said earlier, continuing on that momentum train of two teams that are playing well and have been kind of peaking at the right time. Now, for 49ers, we know Christian McCaffrey dealing with that mild calf strain that he dinged up against Washington last week. I wouldn't expect him to be one of the players that go. No, but food he's not for, playing. food for thought as you, as you get set for these games. The 49ers laying three and a half at home in that spot, total 42. We're going to step aside plenty more NFL playoff talk. We got lots of news still to hit in hour two as we welcome in our DraftKings Network audience. Stay with us.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.